0: Welcome back to the show, Recommended Daily Dose. Today's episode is going to be different. We actually were the guest on someone else's show. Go figure. Apparently, uh, people actually care what we have to say. Apparently. Who knew? So we were the guest on the Secret Scope podcast with Dr. Samantha Gelman and Dr. Adeline Badrar. They actually asked us our opinion on some of the hottest healthcare topics.
1: Mostly my opinion, but either way, we hope you guys enjoy.
2: Hi everyone, welcome to The Secret Scope, brought to you by your favorite MD duo, Dr. Samantha Gelman and Dr. Adeline Badjar, where we are here to bring you your weekly dose of beauty, health, and wellness secrets.
1: I mean, you can quote me, vaccines are the single most important uh, invention in the 20th century, uh, or in modern medicine really, uh, in terms of saving lives, in terms of the number of lives saved. So there is nothing else out there that we have ever offered patients that have saved as many lives.
2: Everyone and welcome back to the final episode of 2019 on the Secret Scope. This year has been so crazy for Doctor Samantha and I. We started this podcast this year, and to watch it grow, everything that has happened, all of our guests that have joined us, and all our fun episodes on various health, medical, uh, beauty topics has been so exciting and fun. And we're so grateful to have all of you listeners who we can teach. We appreciate all of you. And we want to thank you all from the bottom of our heart for supporting us. And for if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So for our final episode of 2019, it's really exciting because we sit down with two other physicians and you might know us to be your favorite MD female duo, but they are your favorite MD male duo. And both of them are hosts of Recommended Daily Dose, which is a fun medical podcast that is by two physicians with a unique spin on what's making headlines in the healthcare. So that's exactly what this episode is. We interview them on all the top medical headlines in healthcare today and basically get a feel about their experience in it, their views, their opinions. So it's really great to hear another physician's opinion. So we have Dr. Clinton Coleman and Dr. Serge Sugger on our show today. Dr. Clinton Coleman is a nephrologist, and he's an expert in kidney failure, hypertension, anemia, diabetes, high cholesterol, and kidney stones. He's a member of the Holy Name Medical Partners and received his medical degree from UMDNJ New Jersey Medical School. Then he completed his internal medicine residency at St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital Center and his nephrology fellowship at Lenox Hill Hospital, both in New York City. So then there's his co-host, Dr. Suggor, who is an infectious disease doctor. He treats the common flu, chickenpox, shingles, tuberculosis, so basically all the bacterial and viral diseases. You name it, he knows how to treat it. He's been a staff of holy Name since 2007. He is also an associate professor at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine here in New York City. He earned his osteopathic medical degree at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. He then went on to complete his internal medicine residency and fellowship in infectious disease at St. Michael's Medical Center in New Jersey. Also, he... Participates in numerous clinical trials and has conducted clinical research at the National Institute of Health as a Merrick Research Fellow, which is amazing. You can find both of them on Fox 5 News at 5 p.m., where both of them deliver the top medical headlines and discuss up to the minute health information, exciting research findings, the latest advances in healthcare screenings, and medical technology. So make sure to check that out. Continue listening because this episode is really great to hear from. Um experienced physicians on their views on certain medical topics.
3: So welcome back to The Secret Scope. And with us this week, we have two special guests. Guys, introduce yourselves.
2: Uh, so I
0: am Dr. Surid Sugger, infectious disease. And my co-host here, Dr. Clinton Coleman. I'm nephrology and internal medicine. And we both are the hosts of Recommended Daily Dose, which is a podcast which I think we are actually People's favorite MD duo. I know people say that (laughs) you,
3: the male MD duo. That's
0: right. I took offense to that, but thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah, we're glad to be here.
3: Um, Yeah, we're glad to have you guys on the show. So this week we're going to talk about a little bit about you guys, kind of about what got you interested in infectious disease and nephrology, a little bit about your journey, so people could know, and then talk about some hot topics right now in the news that everyone's raving about for the past year, maybe longer, honestly. Awesome. That sounds excellent. Let's do it. Okay. So who wants to start first? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, the older, older first. Yeah. Oh, I was older. Oh, sorry. Older. <laughs> the, better, the better looking one. All right. So, um, so yeah, internal medicine and infectious disease. Um, why I did it, you know, I won't bore you the details, but you know, if you think about it, like looking at, you know, sodium and kidney stuff all day long is really boring. ID kind of, you know, like encompasses, right? Everything in, in medicine. Um, so I just find that the 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 data the the subject just fascinating. So I've had a, I think a pretty good
0: career so far. And uh, hey, you, you can't see me, but I'm laughing. He is know, laughing. Back he's back. laughing. So but, this is he's the the petri dish pimp. This guy. So he's the petri dish pimp. Yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. The king of hand washing. Yeah. I'm also more of the brains the operation, and I guess and the looks. What do you do? What do you? What do you?
3: Self-proclaimed. Do
0: you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Like I'm a numbers guy, so I like the science and the physiology, and you know, I don't look like a dork, but I'm kind of a dork, so that's why the nephrology was really um, enticing to me. Um, Also, because um, you know, it's not just one aspect of medicine. Usually, nephrology, there's the endocrine part of it, diabetes. The rheumatologic part of it, there's a bunch of overlap with different specialties, so um, you know, that's where we are now. We're, we're practicing at uh, Holy Name Medical Center in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, yeah, we keep it uh, kind of fresh, do a lot of different things. Uh, podcasting is something we
1: started uh, only in the last year, but it's been a great creative outlet. I think we're a little ahead of you guys in the medical career field, but you know, it gets it gets taxing, you know, so I think. Having uh, a venue where you can disseminate information—it's creative, it's fun. We learn. We, ha- you know, we have guests on. Uh, we do sometimes just shows with ourselves, but it's, um, amongst ourselves, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, we got into media a couple years ago. We're both uh, regular medical contributors in Fox News here in New York City. Um, so I think you were on TV what, yesterday. Wednesday, um, yeah, Wednesday, and I was there on Monday. And uh, you know, it used to be fun. Like my kid would it's uh, still fun. It's fun, but you know, like it's not a big deal anymore. Like my dad's like, you know, my kid was like, "Oh, my dad's on TV," and now I'm like, "Did you see dad?" He's like, "Nah, what's a big deal?" You know, like he doesn't
3: no longer paying attention.
1: No, i was in the studio, and he used to think it was a big deal seeing me on TV, and then I take him in now,
0: and he's you just and Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but uh, but it has been fun. It is also, I think, a combination of just preventing burnout, which is a big thing among physicians, as you know yeah. or will know. Um. So just just keeping it fresh and keeping different uh, avenues and venues to really keep engaged and just keep keep going until we retire at some point. Right. So
0: yeah, I'm gonna interrupt. But so that was our self motivated interest. But I think part of it was probably our frustration with the way um, medical information is distributed. Right. So yeah. you guys are like on the forefront of giving you know interesting health topics, but that's a rarity. So when you're watching news or TV shows or other podcasts is such boring information. So it's not dynamic. And I think um, as media changes, doctors really haven't caught up with that. So, you know, it's, I cannot listen to someone talking about, you know, preventive screening because the way they deliver, it's such a boring thing. So I think our goal was- It's to- like when you do consults. Right, exactly. 100%.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> our goal was to provide like, the, inf- the same information, but in, in an entertaining way, right? But still a professional way, so people could actually, you know, use it instead of just t- tuning people off. So I yeah. think- So we make jokes
1: and we make it light, but at the same time, we always like, oh, we can't. We're make normal it- people. We can't make it too light, you know. Like, but we we try to find that balance, you know, and then hopefully uh, people enjoy what we do.
3: Yeah, and- yeah, we're
2: the same way. We also like we want a joke, but then as professionals, we have to, you know, take it back and limit ourselves to some things
1: yeah the good thing is what we usually do is we just kind of make fun of each other and it kind of works out
3: yeah, yeah. and for patients it's good too because they feel comfortable you know everyone always associates going to the doctor is like this scary thing if you make your patients feel comfortable right. they're more likely to come back more likely to take care of themselves and today we're in this environment that you got to be doing that
1: Now, we talked a lot about like um, physicians and patients have to connect, right? So patients want to see people perhaps who look like them, who understand them, aren't talking down to them, who can kind of come to a level. So both of us coming from like ethnic um, and minority backgrounds, I think we feel we can, uh, it's important for anyone really, uh, whatever your background might be, but to be able to uh, relate to people from all different walks of life. I mean, outside of New York City, obviously, we have people from all different ethnicities and cultural groups and religions. And so you have to be able to, uh, you know, provide, as they say, culturally
0: competent care. And we talk about a lot of yeah. that, And
1: I are first
3: my, generation Americans, so we know all about that. So.
0: Yeah. All right. And my, um, I think yeah. my best patient doctor relations are ones with, like, I have a friendship with the patients, right? So yeah. I feel like, and I think that relates to... Your family and friends. So my family and friends, they always ask me medical questions. So I think you know, patients want to be able to ask their someone that's normal something you know as complicated or scary as medicine. So I think that's that's our shtick, for lack of better term. Do you consider me a friend, bro? No, not really. I didn't think so. Okay,
1: well I'm still hoping to be his friend one day, but hopefully I can be friends with you guys. Uh, You said first generation American. So what is your guys' background?
3: So we're both
0: Ukrainian,
1: so both of our families. Ah, were you in the Ukrainian Scouts or only for few Ukrainian uh, <laughs> kids? Because uh, we have a couple of Ukrainian colleagues and their kids always talking about the Ukrainian Scouts, right? Is there? Like, yeah, like Gorlov. And he's always talking about his kids in the, in the Ukrainian Scouts. But that that's actually a decent-sized Ukrainian population
0: in our area. Um,
3: yes, yeah, in Jersey. In, in Jersey, Jersey, right? We're everywhere. Yeah. And Brooklyn. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to ask you how you Wait. feel about the president then. So we'll, we'll, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's, it's very split. It's very split. Really? Some people love the president and some people hate the president. Oh. Yeah, so we won't comment on yeah. that further. No comment. Wait, so how did both of you meet?
1: Well, it was um, – We met online.
0: No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was at one end of the hall. He was at the other end of the hall. We made eye contact. The, the music started. started. And then
3: you fell in love. Yeah.
0: And it was like, hey, why don't we just talk? and record ourselves actually is that what it was no it, was, no, it, it was, was
1: probably something boring it was i think we probably met in the hospital rounding and he was um you were another group before you went on to your own prior practice yeah. and i've been in prior practice my whole career but um we just became friends and um honestly I, I would say probably the biggest connection was starting to do media locally and then as that grew um and i have to admit it was all clinton's idea he said look we should try podcasting and um we tried a couple on our own, weren't sure what to do with it. What did you say about podcasting, though? What did I say? I don't remember. You said podcasting is like uh, everyone's got one. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I mean, So he wasn't on. really... Uh, I admit it. I I had had be- it was he made me see the light. It's true. I say it's like blank. You know, everyone's got one. But, you know, we said, no, that may be true, but let's, you know, do it in our own style. And um, we actually brought it up to the hospital that we both are strongly affiliated with. And uh, we... They were very receptive, so we have a very nice team marketing and and um, the uh, audiovisual guys and the and the technology guys and and they're awesome actually and have been uh, instrumental in us you know uh, continuing this and it, it's been great. Now you guys are doing completely on your own, right? You have no other. Like, are you using um, other support networks? or are you? This is something you guys are totally started on your own and just running with on your own. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're just started and just going with the flow going
1: with the flow seeing yeah. where it
3: takes us to yeah. trial and error because for us we still have residency and all that so we're kind of like playing around with it so that eventually it starts like you know going better
1: <laughs> now so we don't want to age ourselves but we obviously are ahead of you guys career-wise yeah. but i think it's important to have on the other end you know you might have med students who are podcasting which is important but then uh, people going into residency or as residents you know some of the obvious some things are similar but some of the um concerns or or uh, topics that they may you may find your audience may find interesting or slightly different than ours so i think it's great to have that uh, at all different you know uh levels of medicine as we go along our journey um yeah. so i'll tell you it goes by quick so uh i had he had more hair uh he had a half i had i had i had dreadlocks actually back yeah back in the day, yeah, back yeah. In the day.
0: See, it's, it's only always, it's always, it always
1: race <laughs> don't <laughs> race <start laughs> so early we're only like six minutes in this podcast um no sorry so yes residency is stressful the only thing more stressful is the next 35 years of your career so uh, yeah,
3: oh, exactly. yeah. So you <laughs> want to make sure what you're doing you love so it's so, nice to see like people who love like their specialties but yeah today we live in a world where you kind of got to be a little bit of everywhere in yeah. order to like make be successful so that's really important
0: right and as old men i guess old, old guys men. We, Let's know, speak for yourself. We like to encourage you guys to be as well balanced as you are, right? So, a lot of the burnout you see is from people trying to fit the square peg in the hole, or this hole in this. What has it go? How's the expression? I think what you are trying to say is like you need to have hobbies.
1: Like for me, you know, no. I like to run, I like to work out. And this L- guy, Lululemon, and Lululemon men's. Lululemon, we love Lululemon. This guy, you know, he loves jazzercise. He loves what else? He don't know jazzercise. He likes the like working out in the pool. Uh, like the
3: pool
1: <laughs> <laughs> He floats, and he puts his footies on and does some weights, but you know oh, you you God. need to
0: have other hobbies and we see it all the time. Um, right You can't just see patients all day and expect the the same quality of life that people had. 15, 20 years Before, ago. It yeah. doesn't work like that. So
3: you have to do so much more exactly. to like, yeah, the, with all the insurance things. And, the and it's payment.
0: not just being patients. It's like the paperwork and, EMRs. The, and all that other Oof. stuff that goes along
1: with the it.
3: EMR will be the death of all of us. 100%. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So You know what? We do other stuff within medicine. I mean, we have some clinical research stuff we do. Uh, we teach That's medical sure. students, actually a live administrative stuff, uh, which is, uh, you know, education of itself. Um, so but there's a lot of things you need to do within medicine, so not just seeing patients, not just clinical work, which makes kind of a more balanced physician. And then you definitely got to do stuff outside of medicine, man. So, you know, whether you exercise, whether I'm running all day long or playing tennis, whatever you guys do, you got to stay stay, stay uh, stay with, you know, you in a, it to win it. Yeah, yeah. I think you need a bit, though. I need a bit? Jazzercise? jazzercise. No. It, it, do you know what jazzerizing is? No, because the no, <laughs> only person who does it. No. It's basically he dances and he like does his jazz dance as a workout. It's very odd. We actually have video can look at. In
3: my
0: head, but it didn't make sense. he <laughs> to be a, a a smart guy. We actually uh, one of our episodes we went to work out with this uh, famous trainer. He used to work mm-hmm. with Sopranos, but he does a lot of, of the athletes in the area. So we actually did one of his workouts, and it was uh, it was pretty That's
3: intense.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, he kicked my ass. I'll, I'll admit Right, so
1: Whatever, we- but
3: it's fun. You guys get to do like cool things all the time, and it's fun to keep you- yourself afloat. We
1: yeah. met Miss. What else we, we met Miss New Jersey, who yeah. is now going to school. Nice. We met um, a fourth year med student who is going uh, trying for the Olympics for fencing, believe it or not. Um, so we've done. We met a lot of interesting people, right? We yeah. met uh, yeah, cool. very inspirational people, athletes, some uh, New York Giants who are very funny and very entertaining and have great stories. So. Definitely, this has provided us an avenue to do stuff we wouldn't normally get to do. And we can talk to you guys.
3: Yeah, for sure. That's true. We're very happy to have you guys on this episode, too.
1: But I suspect okay. we just don't want to talk about us the whole time. There must be something else uh, we can provide here.
3: <laughs> so we wanted to talk a little bit about like the hot topics that are yeah. out right now and your thoughts on them. You guys obviously have a little more experience than us in the medical field, and you're sure. a specialist, so you could delve into it further so let's talk a little bit about vaping
1: oh I can um you vape right I do not vape um, <laughs> actually I'll put my serious hat on for a minute um and I'll tell you why um I like to have fun we both like to have fun but you know Debbie uh, Downer here's see. a Debbie Downer moment coming uh we've seen several cases already and I have as well of EVALI which stands for e-cigarette vaping, acute lung injury. So you're talking about like ARDS, acute lung injury. And it has been, uh, we've had, now we have not had here, but we've had several deaths in New Jersey, very young. Uh, and the crazy thing is, it's not like when you smoke, and you say, well, I'll smoke a little bit, and stop, and I will mitigate my, my risk for cancer. You can just vape once. You can vape, you know, never, and vape multiple times, and or just vape once, or just vape once in your life. But you never know um which episode will actually cause a severe lung injury. And they, the reason I get involved is they come in with cough and fever and, you know, infiltrate. So they have stuff on their x-ray or CAT scan or whatever that looks like a pneumonia. And we're giving them antibiotics, they're not getting better. And then we realize, oh, you know, we start asking some more history. Were you doing this? Were you doing that? And the common denominator is vaping. And, you know, it it can progress into patients being intubated, developing something called acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS, Uh, There's been episodes of people dying in New Jersey. There's been um, a case where a young kid required a double lung transplant. So um, certainly no laughing matter. Um, You know, a lot of the uh, implications have been on the acetone and vitamin E and some of the flavorings of the um, uh, 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 vaping mechanisms. And what I would say, it's not regulated by the FDA. And a lot of these devices, you're heating up chemicals at super hot uh, temperatures and these hydrocarbons get released in your lungs uh, that can cause a lot of damage. So my two cents, and I think this is something that's echoed by, you know, most medical societies is that uh, no level of vaping is safe until we know more. And I would highly recommend, that you know, anyone not to vape. And a lot of even pulmonologists, friends of ours will say, well, we told, you know, had at one time told them, well, maybe it'd be a safe alternative to smoking if you're trying to quit smoking or whatever. But at this point in time, um, our recommendation certainly is no level of
0: vaping uh, is safe. So, and that's just a that's his doctor perspective, which most of us share. But just aesthetically, it looks terrible. Like you ever see someone vaping? It's like this big plume of smoke. Cloud of it's smoke. It's not <laughs> sexy. And I think the problem is is that did you say sexy? I said sexy. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> it's it's more than just that. It's the the addiction of it. You know, these kids are really addicted to the amount of nicotine in it. So uh, it's not like cigarettes where you know it was it was you know you could limit the amount of cigarettes that you smoke but just the 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 sheer amount of the nicotine or even the cannabinoids that they put in it have led, you know, a, such a younger population to become addicts of it. And once you do that, it's so hard to undo. So there's the health aspect of it, the short-term and long-term, but then is there, you know, the psychological aspect, which we really haven't addressed really.
1: And the crazy thing is they're targeting, you know, middle school kids because these flavors, right, mango, strawberry, whatever, bubblegum, Bubble gum, right? So they're clearly targeting targeting uh, younger population. And um, like I said, I think it's the idea of it not being regulated by the FDA, Um that there's such a variability. Some people say I vape all the time and no problems. Other people vape once and come in with this, you know, diffuse infiltrates on x-rays. So this is a huge problem. Now, one thing I will say, uh, New England Journal of Medicine just recently said that um, incidence of vaping has decreased somewhat in the last few months. But again, this is a global problem. So then they also came out and said, well, now there's huge uptakes in um, this EVALI or this entity called EVALI in Korea, because now they are finding that the Juul devices and their vaping devices have a lot of, vitamin E and acetone and some of these flavorings. So I suspect we're going to see outbreaks of this, you know, globally, because this is a global problem, certainly. So I think uh, any of your listeners out there should, you know, pay attention, should continue to monitor, but I would strongly, strongly recommend uh, holding off any vaping uh, at this time, because we still don't know exactly, even though it's highly suspected, we don't know exactly which uh, chemicals or what's actually implicated. And, and also, could there could be genetic factors or why some people develop problems. Yeah. And don't.
2: Yeah. And then in terms of the younger generation, I feel like when you're young and you see another kid smoking a cool device, you also want to smoke it. And when you're young, you feel like nothing will ever happen to you. Right. You're so ignorant. You don't think that, oh, someone has a lung injury, but I'm not going to get that. So I think as an adult, you're already, you know, what's going on in the world. That's, you should set an example the younger generation, because I think that's the population that is very affected with the jewels. No, it's too. true. I think that's
1: a great point. That's your life story, right? I think you you felt very indestructible as a uh, still as a young guy. You ain't. and you still I still, still would <laughs> though. You
2: look
1: cool, but yeah. um, I've seen what you wear in the golf course. I don't know about this whole cool business, but um, all right. So that that's <laughs> that's that's kind of our thoughts. I mean, uh, how about in your guys? I mean, how about in you know. Uh, residency or what are other medical students being? what are they is that what their same ideas are being uh, passed down uh, hopefully um in terms of uh, vaping and the dangers yeah, of
3: similar idea we've also had people at the hospitals out here like passing away from these lung injuries from vaping it sure. seems like it's more linked to basically those who are getting like thc and get the vapes wow. from like the black market that's right i don't know so much, but now it's like coming out that like with the nicotine also so that's what i also wanted to cover that it doesn't matter which one it is, nicotine-based or THC-based. It's the same thing because it's a bu- the flavoring is in both. So when those chemicals, like you were saying, with it, when it heats up, it creates another chemical. And that chemical is the one that's dangerous.
1: Right, exactly.
3: So, so I think there's a lot. People don't really know and kind of it's it was glorified by the media. You saw all these celebrities and social media doing it. So everyone was doing it. Kind of like with cigarettes, how they became popular. Now we know it causes lung cancer. Same thing with this. And also there
0: was a point in time where we thought it was a good transition from.
3: To quit, right?
0: Cigarettes. That's right. And we learned pretty quickly. But I think, you know, it's really targeted to the kids, which is a shame. But I think a lot of that is changing from a government perspective.
3: Plus the issues with the vapes is like you're smoking a cigarette. You're not necessarily smoking one in your house. Vape, you could do it anywhere. You could do it in your shower, in your bed, because it doesn't really leave like a scent. Right, Except right. for that fruity little smell, which could be anything.
0: Vaping in the shower is crazy.
3: Yeah, well, you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <you're crazy guys. laughs> I have heard some crazy stories of people in vaping. All right, so that kind of covers that part. Okay, so let's move on to
2: vaccinations. In terms of all the anti-vaxxers out there and their thoughts on how vaccines, what they think can cause autism. And oh, man yes i know Uh, all all the time people are posting on facebook all of these
3: links to these stories and
1: to this beat to these bs uh
3: yeah and this has been like debunked already and it's Mm -hmm. till this day people believe in this
0: this is actually my expertise i'm just
3: joking
0: Uh, (laughs) i feel like i'm always being serious here. the sultan of sepsis will speak our sultan of sepsis that's my new you know
1: my nickname, really, in college, was Brown Sugar. Uh, you know, for obvious reasons.
3: Brown Sugar.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah right. and actually, when I first showed up here, the ICU nurses, I made a mistake of telling them that. And they, I see someone today. They're like, "Hey,
0: Sugar." You're still you know, Brown Sugar. I'm still
1: Brown. No, they're like, "Hey, Sugar." there's positive blood cultures in this patient. And then there was yeah. like a my med student was like, "Did she call you, Sugar?" I'm like, no. <laughs> "Results,
0: but, <laughs> oh,
1: <God. laughs> sugar." Results and stuff is a new one, but you know what? I mean. Um, I could talk for like five podcast episodes about this. So please. please I will not, but I will tell you a couple, a couple, a couple three things, as they said in the Sopranos, like um, first of all, the anti-vax movement, we know, and hopefully it won't come after us after this show. They have a very, to say they have a strong social media presence is an understatement. They are all over social media with dubious claims and, um, in effect, and, and, and falsehoods really, quite frankly. So, I, I tell any patient that walks in my office when they're asking about vaccines and about side effects, et cetera, I'll tell them, look, I've seen people who've taken a Z-pack, which people take like water, and develop something called TEN, toxic epidermal necrolysis. Essentially, their skin comes off, right? So you've seen s- severe side effects from all kinds of medications. That's just the reality. But if you add up every single uh, medical modality, you know, bypass uh, any type of surgery, everything, you add them all together and look at the amount of lives they've saved, it still will not equal the number of lives saved by a vaccine. So, I mean, you can quote me, vaccines are the single most important uh, invention in the 20th century, uh, or in modern medicine, really, uh, in terms of saving lives, in terms of the number of lives saved. So there is nothing else out there that we have ever offered patients that have saved as many lives. They've, they've transformed, you know, the beginning of the 20th century when you had Uh, infectious disease is number one killer of, of, you know, children and the high rates of infant mortality and the decreased life expectancy is all related to infectious diseases. So what changed that around and what, you know, we developed into a Western world where things like heart disease and, and stroke would kill us and not infectious disease is vaccination. So you're talking about that number of people, of course, you're going to have outliers. There's always going to be adverse effects. There's nothing, there's nothing we can do about that, quite frankly, but to spread rumors that no, um, and, and to continue perpetual myths of MMR vaccines causing autism, of uh, all these, un, you know, I don't need the measles vaccination. And we know what happened here, right? In Brooklyn, Rockland County, New York, in our areas, in certain populations, um, uh, we've seen that in American Samoa with measles as well, with these, what happens when people don't get vaccinated. And, you know, I'll be real, make it real simple. People, we'll talk about something even simple like the flu shot. People will say, well you know, why do I need the flu shot? I, uh, I've never gotten the flu shot. I've never gotten the flu. And quite frankly, it's because people out there are, um, are, uh, are, you know, secure enough to get in the vaccine so that other people don't get this. So once you have that herd immunity where 70% or more of the population uh, has the vaccine, then they're protected. So the problem always is that, well, what about the very old the very young, those who can not get vaccinated? And unfortunately, as physicians and as, you know, people in the, in the healthcare industry, healthcare field, medical providers, etc. We all see what happens when people uh, don't get vaccinated, when they have the, get these diseases that are preventable. And it's devastating when you see young children, very old adults, immunocompromised people who couldn't get vaccines for legitimate purposes uh, succumb to their illnesses because someone else made the very foolish decision not to get vaccinated. So that's my soapbox. You got what you yeah, think? I
2: think people yeah. don't understand that that if that uh, young children and old people can't get it, they they're selfish about it. They I don't think they understand that concept. So that's why I think that's the problem.
1: No, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of misinformation. Even like, well, you know, it's just the pharmaceutical industry's way of making money. It's just a doctor's way of making yeah. money. I mean, it's insane. You make sense on the dollar when you administer a vaccine. This is the public health. Good that we're trying to do, and I mean, I
0: I will talk to am blue in the face about about the importance of vaccines. And I think it has to be a, a society issue, right? So, um, just like this, vaccines are mandated in schools. I think they've done a, a good job, right? We don't see polio anymore. We don't see too much measles, mumps, and rubella. But um, I think there's a there's a cost, you know, for the society, and also you know a risk to people who aren't vaccinated. So sometimes, you know everyone has to get together and just decide for everyone else that this is what it should be because it benefits everyone else. So, um, you know, there's the individual aspect where people don't want to get vaccinated, but they don't realize that that lack of their vaccination can hurt other people. So, you know, I, I think it's a big deal. And unfortunately, with the information age, some of those misconceptions can be perpetuated to the point where, you know, people who deserve who need to be vaccinated won't get vaccinated.
1: Plus, I mean, if you look at these social media posts, they'll they'll link to like these completely ridiculous websites where people don't realize, like you know, anyone can put a website out there with some kind of nonsensical study, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, so, I think people, you know, your listeners, anyone out there, should really pay attention to what their source. And we've talked about before, like uh, you know, about Doctor Google and Doctor Google will see you now. The very anyone can Google anything, but. Oftentimes I'll have people say, well, look at this study, look at that study. Well, the study was an N of six people, you know. It was uh, from 1971. It was, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense, but people outside the medical profession won't always be able to necessarily understand that or dissect these studies. And so the problem is a lot of these sites are very slick. Um, they have, they've actually hired media people to, to do these type of things. So they look like they're legitimate sites, but they're really just um, uh, dubious information, dubious studies. Uh, not, you know, rigorously, uh, you know, not case control studies, and you know that you can take any set of data and somehow, somehow manipulate the data to have interpretation, you know, to suit your own someone's preconceived uh, uh, notion. So I think it's really important for people out there to understand where their medical information is coming from, and understanding that you know try to view somewhere this and have an agenda, and you know at the end of the day you have to make your own um, uh, decision. Uh, but when it comes to public safety and the health of others, you know we have to take steps to ensure
0: the safety of our populations. Okay, can I make a random point? Please do. Um, <laughs> it's so ironic that people will wait online for a freaking Popeye's chicken sandwich, and you can't kill have, each a other you and hurt have a show. You have a show Popeye's. Every show I've mentioned this, <laughs> but just the, something like that, which will probably hurt them if they take enough of it in the long term, but they can't do the right thing by getting vaccinated. It's just, it's, it's crazy to me.
1: How many patients you have come to you your office?
0: The, you see the connection though. I right? see the Popeye chicken sandwich and flu shots. Yes.
1: I would do both. Yeah. Get a
3: flu shot and then get a free Popeye chicken sandwich. How many, really actually, how many patients, how many patients
1: you have come to your office uh, with, with high blood
0: pressure? A lot. After eating the Popeye's a lot. Yeah. or Chick-fil-A? I, just, I think it's the, just a lifestyle. Does one to have, have more salt? Life, so, but we'll, <laughs> the point is we'll put crap into our bodies knowing it's crap, Right. Knowing that it's proven to be crap without any hesitation, but when it comes to something that will help us and help the people around us, we'll, you know, we'll believe some false information. It's yeah. just, or we'll insist on antibiotics
1: for upper respiratory tract infections right. all day long. Right. And I can talk to yeah. you in my face of how it's, 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 you know, disrupting your microbiome, how you're leading antibiotic resistance, but people just want their z they want their leviquin, even though there's a multitude of side effects from all those medications, right? So Achilles tendon rupture, CNS toxicity, whatever, but you're right. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have preconceived notions, and I just really wish that they the hypocrisy could— Hypocrisy is not consistent. Hypocrisy <laughs> is not consistent. That's a great line. I'm gonna tag. <laughs> Any, that, that may be a hashtag, hashtag or something. Hashtag, hashtag. All right, I like that. I like that. Sorry, we'll,
3: we'll, we'll include that when we post this um, on our Instagram. We got we, we got a
1: little slip boxy on that one, so apologize. <laughs>
3: All right, let's talk a little bit about genetic testing. Right now, it's such a big thing. Tell us how you feel about genetic testing. Like, there's some issues where insurance doesn't really cover it, but it's really not all that expensive if you pay for it out of pocket and how it can, like, change medicine in the future.
1: I um, I recently did it. Um, and even though my both my parents are from India, I was, like, 64% Ukrainian, which is weird. Wow. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> He's lying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> You know This, this goes along with what we call precision medicine, uh, which is really the personalization of medicine. So I would say, again, I caveat, neither one of us are experts in this. but um, Nor do we use it in our clinical practice to but, a certain extent. But right? looking at the evolution, well, well think about it. I mean, looking at the evolution of medicine, this is 100% the future. So I deal a lot with like sepsis patients. We know that there's certain genetic mutations that some people... You know, we, we call them like, you know, 94-year-old indestructible lady from a nursing home where they're 40, you know, 13th case of aspiration, pneumonia, and intubated will do fine, extubated, and go back to a nursing home. You get a young kid, um, same pneumonia, strep pneumo, uh, and then develops ARDS and dies. I mean, so there are clear reasons of genetic reasons of what affects people with sepsis. So similarly, I think from all aspects of medicine, there are genetic markers out there that we can hopefully identify and then subsequently use and even manipulate. Uh, to treat patients in a more
0: personalized way. And we, we've yeah. seen the benefit of breast cancer with the, the BRCA genes, right? So,
3: which is a huge thing, like huge Angelina thing. Jolie. Right. Right. Yeah, right. She had so. the bilateral mastectomy and all that,
1: yeah. Yeah, and right. even look at the, even tumors. I mean, I to say oncology in general. I mean, that's a, that's a field now that they're looking not just at the, the site, right? So it's not no longer just breast, colon. It's really genetic markers that will help uh, determine, you know, can someone get immunotherapy? Can someone get a checkpoint inhibitor? Uh, can someone get a monoclonal antibody? So all these new technologies and new medications and chemotherapeutics that are out there. So similarly, that's a big advance in oncology. But I think you're going to see that in a lot of um, other realms of medicine as well.
3: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and then,
2: okay, and then what about mental health? Uh,
1: well, my, personally, my co-host, yeah, personally,
0: we're, we're suffering, I think, a little bit here. but
3: <laughs> Both. We want to well, hear about both.
0: Well, I think... Um, Coleman does a lot of internal
1: medicine, so I'll let
0: him. I do a lot of medicine, and I think mental health has always had a, what do you call it? Um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, a bad connotation, right? Sure. So no one really wanted to talk about it. Um, no, it's
3: the way people
1: it. will talk about diabetes and high blood pressure all day long. No one says, oh, my God, you have diabetes. But the moment you say, I have depression or I'm seeing a psychiatrist or a therapist, always had a, such a negative there's, a, there's a stigma you know, associated stigma. with that. We have to remove that.
0: But I think there's been so many advances in medical treatment for it, uh, you know, therapies for it, and just, you know, recognizing depression and how it relates to our overall health, right? So um, a lot of times if you have chronic medical conditions, particularly like diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease, sometimes depression goes along with that. And, you know, treating those chronic diseases, um, depression can, can limit, you know, the benefits of those. So... Um, but I think just being cognizant and getting the word out that, you know, it's okay to actually bring it up and talk to your healthcare provider, seek therapy for it, especially with the younger uh, generation. Right. So, um, you know, it's not cool to be depressed. So, you know, we don't want, we don't want to wait till someone gets sick or does something, you know, reckless or hurt somebody or hurts themselves until we really focus on it as a society. Yeah. We've talked to actually before both of us,
1: um, on the news, quite frankly, um, with increasing rates of depression and suicide among younger kids, um, and a lot of that's related to social media. A lot of that's related to um, cyberbullying. A lot of that's related to increased uh, anxiety among kids, probably related to you know, I mean, a fourteen-year-old saying, "Did I get enough likes on my Instagram post?" or whatever. So we know that it's not just the older crowd; it's not just the middle-aged crowd. It's all it permeates all levels, all populations, all age groups. And like Clinton said, you know, we have, it, it has been, but we need more work destigmatizing this. Um, like a lot of the work I do as an outpatient with HIV and, you know, HIV for a long time has been stigmatized as a disease. And now slowly it is being transformed to a thought of, a, you know, a death sentence to, no, a very livable disease, normal lifespan, just a chronic disease. Um, so I think depression and mental health issues, you know, can't be thought outside the box. There's a whole mind-body um, connection. And we can't just treat one and not the other. So I mean, uh, you know, it sounds silly where the where the mind goes, the body follows. But I mean, it, it's true. I mean, and and I think that in a lot of studies have shown that. So um, I think we live in a society now, with everything going on, you know, politics aside, where it is very stressful. And I think, unfortunately, what has brought a lot of this to the forefront is now with the increasing rates of uh, suicides and other issues with the younger population. People are finally waking up and saying, "Hey, we need to really focus on mental health issues." Um, more importantly. Just as much as we talk about heart disease or or anything else, you know, uh, more somatic type uh, of uh, of
0: diseases. Well, it is a medical issue we forget. It's a hormone imbalance, right? So um, I think just addressing that point, uh, you know, addresses the stigma. Instead of just saying, you know, you're crazy or it's a mood, get over it. There's a medical, you know, physiologic imbalance that we need to address. Right. So it's not like just sitting on
1: a couch and talking. that, That can be helpful too, right? When I talk to you, when like, I see you, no. I
3: mean that could help.
1: It can. I, sometimes I, I bring out my problems to Clinton. He's a very good therapist. He's a very soothing. He's a very... he's he, he's, a, he's a very soothing, very white type of voice. You know. Yes, but, yes, I do. Yeah, he does. Yeah,
3: but we agree. Mental health goes um, hand in hand with your physical health. You got it. You can't take care of one without the other. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, I'll tell you
1: what. It's the same thing um, in medical school and residency. I'm gonna date myself, but I did my not fellowship, internal medicine training, uh, 1970. Kick get the hell out of here. It's two th- before. Th- yeah. So I, I finished up right before they changed the 80 hour work weeks. So I'll let your listener look that up when that was, but that was still in the two thousands. But yeah. I'll tell you, um, they've had there've been studies and reports in uh, New England journal and JAMA about like mental health, well-being a residents, And, um, I think it's great. You talk about it. Cause I'll tell you when I was training, no one talked about it. It was just like, do it and shut up and just don't, uh, you know, don't complain and just, you go home uh, whenever you're done your work. And if it's, you know, 120 hours, 130 hours, whatever. So I think it, they finally realized that, you know, that system is uh, insane. Um, and if you have physicians and r- physicians in training who are mentally, uh, you know, out the lunch, then, you know, it doesn't benefit anybody. So, um, you know, I've seen firsthand how that uh, stress and so in some cases of uh, my colleagues, depression can lead to, uh, you know, terrible, uh, not terrible, but I, thankfully, but just a bad outcome. So, uh, we have to just really take that whole model and just throw it out the window and really say, look, it's not a problem to uh, uh, discuss mental health issues very openly. Just look at what about blood pressure, cholesterol, right? No one even thinks twice. So we have to talk about these issues. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, you do m- more medicine than I do. I mean, uh, do you? Uh, no. Do you screen patients uh, like for? Men-
0: do you say, hey, of are course. you? You do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Part of primary care is doing appropriate screening for mental yeah. health issues and depression. Right. So, um, I think it's a it's a huge topic that we unfortunately don't address as much as we address everything else since, because everything else seems so black and white, right? You you got diabetes because your A1C is 6.5. Six um, but, you know, depression is a, a real thing, and we all have been probably depressed in our life. I, I know. Right.
3: It. People are all affected differently. It's like a normal thing. A pinpoint. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, And then I wanted to talk about, well – let's talk a little bit about kind of what you think our listeners would want to take away from this whole podcast episode. Like what are things that they could do for their overall health? Like let's say doing um, screenings or going to the doctor once a year. Like what do you guys recommend?
1: Oh, that's a big topic. Um,
2: I know.
3: Like like
2: we share secret tips. So what are your tips on this topic?
0: Um, I would say being informed, right? Like there's no reason now why people can't be informed about their own health their ignorance is not an option right they're medical there's so much information out there it's not like in our day we had to go to the library and look up the encyclopedias and stuff now you can you know get the information C- that you card, need card right? catalog in the right. library so no one knows what that is i think there's no excuse for you know not knowing your body knowing what you need to be doing for your overall health and, and being an advocate for yourself. Right? That's a great, that's a great point. I think you have to advocate for yourself. If you can't
1: advocate for yourself or you have to advocate for your family member or someone has someone to advocate for you. Um, so I think that that's a super like important, you know, just discussing from like a broad sense of view of just advocating for yourself, advocating for your family member, being informed, being educated. At the same time, don't put all your symptoms into Dr. Google and come out with like the worst case scenario um, you know, so also understand that, uh, as they say, your Google search is not equal to my medical degree. So you have to take those, that information and know what to do with it, which is obviously seek out, uh, a physician that you trust you ever, you can build a rapport with. And so, uh, you know, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to not do anything, but at the same time, you don't want to also, uh, jump to conclusions about your health as well. And, um, a lot of those conclusions are because there's a lot of information out there. So it's like a double-edged sword. You know, you can be informed, but sometimes people will say, well, I don't need to see my physician because I can just take this vitamin and, and my symptoms will go away. Or I can uh, see, you know, uh, not take his advice because someone else on the internet on this very slick webpage said do this and that instead. So I think it's a double-edged sword. We, we, we live in information uh, society, but uh, we have to use it for its good and then also uh, realize its limitations as well. Right, right. For sure. So that's kind of the general theme, and otherwise, I'll just throw out there: Hey, get your vaccinations. So it's nice and simple. So, yeah. yeah
3: nice perfect answer.
0: Yeah. What about you, Clint? I mean, eat Popeyes chicken, right, or, or no? Stay away from Popeyes. No, I wouldn't say that because I'm going to get a decent assist from them. But no, you're going to lose your MVP I think that? we take using common sense for granted, right? Just use common sense when it comes to your health, right? So. Vaping is an example. The Tide Pod Challenge is an example. Oh we thought God, that was that a was cool insane. idea, right? That so, was
2: insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you know certain things. It's it should be cool to be healthy, right? So you know it, it's cool to look good, listen to the right music, dress nice. But we really don't think of health as being cool. So I think part of our mission, and I'm, I'm sure your you, you guys' mission is to make healthcare. A priority, a priority, but also like yeah. the thing to do. It's not cool to be unhealthy. It's not cool to eat the wrong thing, th- the wrong thing, to not exercise, to be sedentary. So I, I think you know the new generation is, is picking on, picking yeah, up on what, yeah. yeah, on what 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 they should be doing and what you know what, what the, the priority should be. Right. You know, maybe it's not all about
1: just X, Y, and Z. It's about living clean. Uh, enjoying your life and then life is much more enjoyable when you're healthy, quite frankly. So And you have all your extremities you can see, right? You don't have
0: syphilis. You don't need to be in dialysis. Oh my
3: god. No dialysis. No,
0: no. Hashtag no dialysis, no syphilis.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Great hashtags. (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard those hashtags (laughs) to be used in (laughs) (laughs) one. I'm
1: not sure if you post anything on those, there'll be anyone else there, but uh, (laughs) it'd be funny if (laughs) there was.
3: (laughs) <laughs> that the most confusing post ever. <laughs> Let's try. Um, so, yeah, nutrition, fitness. So, obviously, you recommend people, like, work out at least three times a week. Um, well, you know, one thing I would say
1: about nutrition, um, so I'm sure you guys have talked about it, and we've had, you know, there's a million different diets, right? The uh, keto diet, the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet. Intermittent fasting. Intermittent yeah. fasting. Is that – if you notice, that's why I look so good today. So yeah. I've been trying that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you noticed that or not. I did know. Okay, that. good. Um, but in the end of the day, I would say neither a nutrition. We've talked to nutritionists on this show. We've talked to trainers on the show, trainers who you know tra- uh, train elite athletes. And then the common theme is that you know don't look for a magic pill or don't look for a magic diet that's going to you know somehow solve all your problems. It really does come down to uh, being balanced both in your workouts as well as your diet. I think. Most physicians would still say in the end of the day, the Mediterranean diet is the way to go for heart health, et cetera. I mean, the more,
3: yeah, yeah. Right. I mean,
1: uh, they call them blue centers. If you look at like around the world where um, people live the longest um, it's usually areas like in Japan, the Mediterranean, uh, Southern coast of Italy, like, you know, usually where people eat kind of the Mediterranean diet, which is like, uh, uh, you know, seafood, less meat, more vegetables. That's kind of the theme. A lot of diets seem to come and go over the years, um, in fads, but that's the one that's always stayed true. So I think, um, you know, a lot, a lot of these things can be sensational uh, you know, sensationalism, right? Like, Oh, try this diet, try that diet. But I think if you just are smart and kind of follow the Mediterranean diet or something along those lines, uh, you'll do well. I mean, I think uh, most physicians out there would always advocate for that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Okay. I think, um, that, by the way, I just recently went pescatarian. I tell everyone, including Coleman, he doesn't like to hear about it, but, uh, that's, that's I, I, feel listen, I feel better. Listen,
0: listen. I went vegan for two weeks, but that wasn't easy. See, that's the or problem. If you go come. too
1: extreme, if you go too extreme, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. It's only uh,
0: extreme because you're and on. Then the you're opposite.
3: gonna go the opposite,
1: right? Yeah. So I would say, you know, balance. That's what I'm saying. Balance, kind of more middle of the road. You know.
2: Yeah, I yeah. think portion control is also key to everything.
1: It is. We, so but we all we all have our kryptonite. Like mine's pizza. I mean, you guys, yeah. you know what's up. I mean, it, it's not easy for me to say no to pizza. That's my problem.
3: Once in a that. while, it's okay. It's just the people who every day wake up and the first thing they do is go to McDonald's, get hash browns, and they oh, get the a yeah. chicken sandwich. Because <laughs> there are people who live like that, and honestly, because like good food is expensive. Now, oh, we have, have talked here. about
1: it's before. You know, they call them like food deserts, where you you go to lower socioeconomic areas, inner cities, and you'll have. A million fast food places, but no, you know, we won't find a Whole Foods. You won't find a Trader Joe's. You won't find a
0: place you can buy fresh oh, fruits right. and vegetables. And unfortunately- You mean liquor store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store?
1: And then lottery store. And then, law,
3: exactly. Yeah. And lottery.
1: Lottery Yeah, then a big right? But like, no, but that, it, all kidding aside, that is a very, I mean, that's a great point you bring up because, and we, we've even asked guests, like, look, we can talk all day long about eating uh, uh, organic food, this and the other, but you know, for a lot of people, it's out of their
0: reach. Uh, our, I'm going dis- to disagree with you now. All right, now. go ahead. Disagree. Uh, that- that was that was the argument, you know, a few years ago, but now there's so much access to real, real comparably cheap, healthier food now. We just gotta be creative to do it. So we're we're lazy. It is.
3: Yeah, yeah. That requires work to make the food. I get what you're saying,
0: but I don't want like, to like go to a supermarket, right. Spending fifty bucks is cheaper than going to McDonald's for the whole week, spending ten bucks. No, but, whatever, but you don't want to shame people. Some people
1: said, "Look, I have they have a family and they can feed a family of four from McDonald's for twelve dollars." Yeah,
0: but I think you're also fighting the commercial, the capitalist interest too, right? So you know, there's a commercial on TV every time about this fast food, and it's all over the place. So I I think. Um, you know, society, at some point there will be a, a, a breaking point where we'll, we'll know that eating healthy is actually the best thing to do. And it's, it's, yeah. it, it's not, has to, it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be as equally cheap as the local I hope so. fast food restaurant.
1: Yeah. But in the meantime, the idea of, a, you know, but you can still
0: wait online, you know, for hours for a stupid chicken sandwich. It doesn't make sense.
2: Well, yeah, people ha- don't have the You guys keep priorities talking about check. this Popeye's chicken sandwich. I want to know
3: if you guys tried it.
0: <laughs> it I was underwhelmed, but it, it's just frustrating to me, people's priorities in life. Oh,
3: yeah. I mean,
0: and then complaining. Like I so the way. Way. Yeah. I'm sorry. People will buy $500 of oh,
3: exactly.
0: shoes, but they won't spend
1: a copay of $10. They don't want to see the doctor. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's That we talked about before switching priorities a little bit, too. Uh, it's so
3: funny. We've actually mm-hmm. spoken. I think we spoke about it on one of our episodes that people will go and get like, waste their last dollar in a Chanel bag <laughs> when they don't yeah, have yeah, the money yeah, for okay. it. a
0: physician, right? So yeah. Yeah. But well,
3: then they won't had, go you, to the doctor.
0: How, how much was it? your Chanel
1: man purse? Uh, mine. I got mine mm-hmm. uh, for free actually. Yeah. I posed for some pictures in Chinatown and I was able to.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look at that.
1: Hey, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. So. For our listeners, what's a, a resource like a book or a podcast that you would recommend for them?
0: Um, uh, there's a really good one out there. Uh, it's called yours. Daily Dose. <laughs> yes, yes. How'd you know? <laughs> um, and we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, you can also link to us through our what was it called? Insta, Insta, Twitter, Instagram. What is it? Hmm. That's because, because you use Instagram, Instagram
3: and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so
0: I am at. Clinton Coleman, M.D. So that's C-L-E-N-T-O-N-C-O-L-E-M-A-N-M-D. And you're at what? At Brown Sugar? I'm on Brown Sugar.com. No, brown sugar. I'm on Facebook. I'm on
3: Instagram. <laughs> that should be your name, Brown Sugar M.D. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, please, uh, we encourage you guys to listen. We And we'll encourage our audience to listen to you guys. You guys are doing an amazing job. And we're, we're happy to, to connect with you guys finally.
1: No, it's For been sure. a lot of fun. And more importantly, it's, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a great way of having uh, physicians from all different aspects of their training regimens and along the continuum to uh, kind of have common goals. And that's really, again, just to educate patients and make people healthy. That's what it comes down to. We just generally want people to be healthy and enjoy life.
3: Well, thank you guys so much for coming. We hope to obviously do more episodes in the future. You guys have a lot more experience in the medical field. So it's kind of refreshing to have people on here who could really talk about medicine in like a fun way for us, it's me that.
1: to talk to someone other than Coleman over here. So, yeah, uh, thank, you thank you very much. <laughs> and
3: is amazing. Uh-huh. You guys are like brothers. <laughs>
1: He's my brother from another mother. There's no doubt.
3: About exactly. <laughs>
1: More ways than one, holy oh, jeez. <laughs> thank you for having us. We had a great time. Appreciate
0: it.
3: Thank you. Thank you nice. Thank you guys.
2: Samantha and I want to thank Dr. Coleman and Dr. Sugger for coming on to our show. Guys, make sure to check out their podcast. It's called Recommended Daily Dose. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. And for links to both of their Instagrams, make sure to check out the show notes. And we hope you have a great new year. And we will see you next year on The Secret Scope. If you like this episode, make sure to take five seconds to rate and review. Tell us your feedback. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Let us know what you want to hear on our next episode on our latest Instagram post. And make sure to follow us at The Secret Scope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And for show notes and more details about this episode, make sure to check out www.thesecretscope.com.
3: The content on our podcast website is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read on this website or heard on this podcast.